Hey there, this is Pastor Terry. Welcome back to the Grace for a Journey podcast. If you're new, welcome on in. So glad that you're with us. Well, we're in the book of Galatians and we're in chapter four. So let me just remind you of a little bit of stuff going on in the background because it will help us make a whole lot of sense out of these verses today. So here's what's happened. Paul traveled through this area called Galatia. He started at least three churches that we know of in that region. Well, something happened. Actually, two things happened. One, they began to doubt if Paul really was authoritative in what he taught. Now, again, here's the greatest apostle, arguably ever, (laughs) wrote more of the New Testament than anyone else, and they're doubting that he was authentic. Well, here's the second thing that went on. There was a group of people that slid in and began to teach you have to follow the law. Now, remember what the law was for. This is the Jewish law, the Hebraic law. What was the law for? The Bible is clear that the law was our taskmaster. It was our disciplining rod, the Bible says. It was the means by which God would tell us clearly that we are not good enough to fix the problem of sin on our own. That Really, the law was there to say, look, you can't be good without God on your own self-effort. You simply can't. And, and so try as you will, you will fail some aspect of the law. And Jesus said, if you failed one aspect of the law, you're, you're guilty of art of it. Now, some of you are saying, well, that doesn't make sense. If I just had one little slip up, why is that a big deal? You see, the law represented the holiness of God. And one little violation of the greatness and the purity and the holiness and the magnificence of God is utter and total disaster for our lives. And so if you violate one little law, you're guilty of the whole thing. Now, Paul came, and as was the message of the gospel, he preached the message of grace. I mean, think about it. If you were trapped under these you know, roughly 600 laws, implications of laws and, and practices, if you were trapped under that and someone came to you and said, look, Jesus paid the debt that you could never pay by keeping the law. You could never, you could never get it all right. Jesus came and took that upon himself. All you've got to do is believe that he did for you what you could not do for yourself. I mean, you have to stop being religious and you have to enter a relationship. And and so Paul preaches this and people are converted left and right. So he goes away. These people called Judaizers come in and say, well, yeah, you know, we've got all this grace stuff and we got all this love stuff, but you still got to have a little bit of the law in you. So Paul's writing this letter really to, to tell them, hey, look, this isn't the way you can live if you've really been set free. So we're in Galatians 4, verse 8, and this is what the Bible says. Now, formerly, before the gospel, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. In other words, he's saying, look, before you came to know the gospel, you were enslaved by religious Jews, people who are not God's, who are not perfect, but they dictated and they controlled your life by the law and, oh, by the way, by all the things they added to the law. And look, there's just no way that you should want to go back to that. And see, for us today, we're saying, well, Terry, we don't really have that today, right? I was never a part of a religious system that controlled my life like that. Now, some of you may have been. If you've been part of a cult or what we call a pseudo-Christian cult, you were part of a group that had a bunch of rules and regulations that did not believe in salvation by grace alone through faith alone, and they manipulated and controlled your life. Or any system that claims to be Christian, but says, here are the things you must do to know the Lord. And if it's anything other than trusting Christ and Christ alone, it is a system that wants to shackle you down. Now, um, 
some of you may be involved in that, but but we might also want to think about the other things that could control us, right? Anything that's important in our life right now can have a certain amount of control on us. I love what Rick Warren said about money. He said, money stuff and things. He said, you either possess your possessables or you're possessed by your possessables. <laughs> when you don't know the Lord and you think this world is all there is, guess what? You become owned by this world and all that's in it. If this is all there is, then everything that you value dictates some control in your life. Now look, he goes on and he says this, but now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, isn't that a beautiful thing? You are known by God. The God of creation knows you by name. How cool is that? Now, how can you turn your back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world who, whose slaves you want to be again or once more? In other words, you say, look, these, this idea, these realities of the world that you want to, you want to turn your back on grace, embrace all the things before you knew the Lord, understand, first of all, they're weak. What does that mean? There's no power to change your life. So if you've been running around and running around trying to please God, trying to please God, trying to be good enough, trying to be good enough, listen, the principles of the world are weak and they cannot transform your life. They're worthless. They're elementary. Why? Because they don't always work. How many times have you gone to a doctor, a counselor, or listened to Dr. Phil or somebody like that and their advice didn't work? The principles of the world do not always work. They do not always lead you down the right path. If you have a person you really respect, I'm sure they're a wonderful person and they probably are due respect, but don't follow their words over and against the word of God. Now, here's another thing. The principles of the world, they don't always provide clear, clear, listen, clear thinking when things are so cl cluttered in your life. They simply don't. And, and, and so Paul is saying, why would you, having experienced grace and freedom, want to go back to all that? See, the things of the world changes based on who can make the best argument. Whoever makes the best argument oftentimes is what we're going to believe. And so we find our belief system, the foundation we're trying to build our life on, shifting and changing all the time. Paul says, you've been set free by the gospel. The word of God is coming to you. Don't run away from it. Wow, isn't that true for us today? We have the word of God. Don't run away from it. Very quickly. You observe days, months, and seasons, and years. And, and what that means is you still keep a religious fast day, holy day, and holidays. When it's about Jesus, not about religious activity. And then finally, he is so vexed. <laughs> so, so vexed in his spirit, he says this. I am afraid I may have labored over you in vain. He didn't say he didn't love him. Didn't say he didn't care. He is saying, but you just don't seem to get it. Now, if you're a parent, and you've raised children, more than one, more than likely you had one of those ch children that, that you had to tell something to more than once. <laughs> Maybe five or six or eight times. And you're thinking, okay, are my words just like spinning into the air and getting caught by no one? <laughs> Sometimes that happens. And Paul comes to the point where he's saying, look, freedom is so precious. The gospel is so powerful. Why is it that you keep running back to systems and people who want to control you and listen and who can't bring into your life what the gospel does? Well, listen, I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's going on, but I promise you this. If you will trust Christ with whatever you're going through and if you will lean into the scriptures, here's what's going to happen. Two things. You ready? You're going to begin to get answers 
clarity of direction, right? And you'll have wisdom in your thinking. And the second thing that's going to happen, and you know it, if it doesn't always work out right, you're going to have unbelievable grace for your journey. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you so much and thank you. And now, Lord, I pray today, wherever wherever we are, we will lean into the gospel. Believe it all the more and have your word transform our life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God's blessings on you, and we'll talk again next time. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Grace for Your Journey podcast. I pray that it has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. Pass it around if you think it would help somebody. And we look forward to you dropping by again for another episode of the Grace for Your Journey podcast.